Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at a time. This episode is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city cultivated by the community. Taproot has launched a service to answer your questions about Edmonton's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and our experience of it. The idea is to help you understand the complex and quickly evolving topic with succinct, well-sourced answers to any questions you might have. Find the COVID-19 microsite at taprootedmonton.ca. Welcome back to Socially Distant Podcasting. Uh, the benefit of podcasting with your life partner is that uh, you're not socially distant. We're still podcasting in the same room. Uh, yeah, we, we have a basement to podcast from, yeah, and we, we're isolated together. So. Yeah, most other podcasts are currently uh, dealing with having to figure out uh, recording from a distance over Skype or... Uh, Google Hangouts or Discord. Yeah, or... your other podcast is having that issue. Well, it's not really an issue. We've just been recording over Discord. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, though. But the issue is you can't get together. No. So you've had to figure out how to do it apart. Two of us have small children and don't want to risk getting each other sick. The other one is uh, a bachelor, a swinging bachelor, who just is <laughs> considerate enough not to want to get either of us sick. So, yeah, we've uh, we've been recording remotely. Uh, but uh, the, not the case here. No. No, we are, we're not even a recommended distance apart from one another. We are far too close we to be safe. We have cable. I could move. Uh, I could sit on the other side of the table we from are, you. We are failing at social distancing right now <laughs> in, in virtually every way. I saw an excellent tweet today to help <laughs> to help remind you about how far apart you should stay, right? It's recommended two meters, mm -hmm. which is approximately one llama. So it's yeah. so easy to remember. Keep one llama's distance between you at all times. There you go. <laughs> or just, you know, keep a llama around <laughs> to keep people at bay. Yeah. Uh, keep your pandemic llama uh, well-fed and groomed pandemic, at all times. <laughs> pandemic llamas will be issued shortly. <laughs> Sorry, we need to get back on topic. Yeah. But, I mean, we laugh because there's just so much depressing news in the last few weeks that uh, sometimes you just have to try to find something to laugh about it with. It's true. Um, but to keep you out of the depressing news, we are continuing to read a thriller, which is hopefully not going to have a super downer ending. That would be very would terrible. Be bad. Oh, dear. Although by the time we get to the super downer ending, it's hopefully likely that this whole pandemic will be over and we won't have to worry about it anymore. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Yeah. So last chapter, Beth got home after having had her mysterious encounter uh, in the first chapter with children who seemingly did not age. Mm -hmm. And uh, her daughter, Zan, quickly picked up on the fact that something was wrong. And so she and Dom and Zan, her, uh, her husband and daughter respectively, sat down and tried to kind of hash out a list of 
possible reasons why two people might not apparently age. Yeah, they had a little brainstorming session Yeah, to explain the weird. But Beth wasn't having any of it and finally decided to retire for the evening. Did, and that, did uh, a drama queen turn and stormed out. Uh, apparently upstairs to bed, as we find out. Yes. Transitioning into Chapter 3 of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hanna. So Beth wakes up later that night. She is still dressed, having just basically gone upstairs, laid down in bed, and crashed for several hours. Yeah, one of those scenarios where you didn't realize that you'd fallen asleep. Yeah. Um, she thinks about how she had bailed on Dom and Zan and their inane theories. So nice attitude there, Beth. Still making a, a great impression as our protagonist of this novel. I have a, I have a comment on this. Uh, she calls their theories... Uh, stupid and outlandish, mm -hmm. quote unquote. But I sat back and, and thought about that for a second. What did she expect? Yeah. She brought them an outrageous claim. Yeah. Like, you, meh, meh. I don't even have words for it. I just have sounds. Like, what are you expecting, lady? <laughs> Come on now. Carry on. She also thinks about how she had a weird house of leaves dream. Oh, yeah. Because there were extra extra rooms in their home, and they were like, yay, extra rooms. Yeah, they found three new rooms in their house, and that was interesting. Yes. And uh, it made me it immediately made me think of House of Leaves. So I don't <laughs> know if that was just a specific allusion to that or not, but uh, if you've never read the story House of Leaves, spoiler alert, house is bigger on the inside. Yeah. And, and everything comes apart. Yeah, like, kind of creepy and haunted, and it's so really mess your brain up kind of story highly recommended <laughs> awake she's now doubly certain that she saw the same thomas and emily from 12 years ago she is like focused she's had that rest her initial shock is worn off and she's like no that was definitely thomas and emily i need to go find dom yes. so she goes searching for dom in the house and while she's doing that she has a little think about their house actually which I thought was interesting. Uh, they call their house Crossways Cottage. Yep. And she thinks back about how when they were buying it, they got the impression that the realtor thought it was kind of ugly. It didn't have much curb appeal. Mm -hmm. Because it has this weird house stuck on a house look. Yeah, and there's an extra room kind of on the front. But uh, she loves it. She, Which she refers to as her treatment room. We'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. She thinks that it's lovely. And that struck me as interesting because just a few chapters ago, Beth was looking at the Braid home at Newnham House and was thinking about how it looked like a bunch of ugly houses stuck together. Yeah, I had that. I had the exact same thought. She's uh, There's this parallel written between the two homes. Yep. Right? But hers is uh, She thinks charming. hers is charming and quaint, and she thinks the Braid one is ugly and garish. Yeah. And that it just seems really hypocritical. Yeah, because they are fundamentally kind of the same. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it doesn't mean something like deeper than that. I'm pretty sure it does. I just don't know what yet. Um, Beth clearly has some deep psychological issues involving the braids. And oh, it's becoming more and really? more apparent. Uh, which we'll also get into as we go. We don't know what Beth does yet, but we've been given a couple clues. She has what she calls a treatment room in the house. She was concerned over Dom's posture when she walks in on him in the office. Dom mentions that she has clients. He appears to be a graphic designer. I'm thinking she is some sort of physical therapist. Uh, I assumed RMT. Or chiropractor. 
Maybe. I still assumed RMT. I also was kind of leaning on registered massage therapist. Yes, that's what the, that's what that's now. I know. I'm just clarifying for anybody who is not familiar with the acronym. Fair enough. I think she's a massage therapist. Could be chiropractor, though. Could be. But no one refers to her as doctor. That's true, actually. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah. Massage therapist seems like a, a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Until, possibly, until told otherwise. Possibly an esthetician. Uh, someone who does, you know, nails and facials and... Etc. Because they are referred to as treatments. That's that's fair. And, and possible. I do I do know estheticians that work out of their homes. That is that is also possible. I was kind of getting the impression massage therapist too, and the reason for that is because she was concerned about Dom's posture. Yeah. She made an offhanded comment about it, and with the other clues, that's leading me to also mm-hmm. believe she she does some sort of physical therapy. I'm sure we'll find out for sure. Oh, likely. Yeah. That's that's my guess at the moment. Beth couldn't find Zan when she was looking for Dom, and he confirms that she decided to go over to a friend's for the night and uh, actually suggests that maybe Beth should get some rest while the kids are out of the house for the night, because Ben is also over at a friend's house from last chapter. Right. And Beth kind of snaps at him, despite herself having had the same thought when she got up, like, oh boy, like, I just slept the evening away. I must have been more exhausted than I thought. Maybe what I saw at Noonham House was... Due to exhaustion. But here, when confronted with it by someone else, she's like, no, how dare you? <laughs> I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Dom drops something here that I think is interesting. Beth kind of works herself too hard. She is exhausted. Yeah. Um, she's often up late doing admin work for her home business. Mm-hmm. Takes or, clients all day. Or doing chores. She, as you say, takes clients all day. Like, all day. Like, that's an extended work day. Yeah. And she just chalks, like, she's up till, like... One in the morning most nights. And then she's up again to see clients at eight. Yeah, that doesn't leave a lot for enough sleep. No, and she just chalks that up to being a normal situation for a woman who has a full-time job and a family. I have another comment in here where she's like something about uh, does, does don't all working mothers hold a schedule like this or something like that? Like she doesn't know anyone who doesn't do that? And I'm like, she lives in a bubble. Clearly. She must live in a tiny, tiny bubble because the whole world doesn't operate that way. I'm and not she's only... Either, she's either completely ignorant of it or in denial of it. You mentioned that she lives in a bubble, and that actually... And this isn't a note that I made, but it's something. it brings this to mind. That seems legit because they, like... Beth is really hung up on Flora and the braids and their friendship that they had with them, but there's no indication that she has any other close friends now. No, no mention of any other friends yet. At all. So that actually makes me wonder if maybe she really doesn't know many other people. Like, maybe she has lost herself in her in her family and her work. Wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Especially since she's working herself to exhaustion. She doesn't have time for anybody else. Dom also suggests Beth is worrying over her two teenagers. And this is something we brought up in a previous chapter. Because I had mentioned that it stuck out to me in Chapter 1 and again in Chapter 2... She frequently has little mental asides where she kind of wistfully goes, oh, Zan isn't a little girl anymore. Oh, Ben's voice just recently dropped. Isn't that weird? And here Dom is basically straight up agreeing with me and saying, I think maybe you're a little bit hung up on how your teenagers aren't little kids anymore. And maybe that's why you think you saw... Yeah, are our old friends' kids still as being kids? Maybe because that's why you saw what you saw. Because you're you're stressed out and you're tired and you're hung up on your teens growing up. Yeah, and so you thought you saw your friend and her two little kids. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't he doesn't outright say that. He kind of walks right up to the line of saying that. Well, considering that she just took a spontaneous nap 
Yeah. Quite a lengthy one. Uh, I think I'm going to do a lot of thinking of thinking of thinkings here. Okay. Uh, I think that Dom thinks it's possible that she pulled up in front of Flora's old house. Fell asleep. And fell asleep. Because she, she sat there for a little while staring at the house. That's true. Maybe she fell asleep, had this dream. Woke up. Woke up. And it and seemed because, really real. Yeah. Um, have you ever had the kind of dream where you you dream that you're up and getting ready for your day? Oh, yeah. And then, and sub- then you wake up. You wake up and you're still in bed and you're like, oh, crap, now I have to get ready for my day all over again. Because inevitably you're also at that point now late to start your day. Yeah. So if she dreams that she is where she is and wakes up where she is, she might not have known that she was dreaming. Yeah. If it, especially if it was a really short nap, if she only nodded off for 10 or 15 minutes. Indeed. That's enough time to get into REM sleep. That's entirely possible. Now, because we're only three chapters into this book, I don't think that's what's actually happened. Well, also, we... We are introduced to different new mysteries this chapter, which uh, we're yes. getting ahead of ourselves. But in this moment as well, Beth is not entirely willing to totally discount this theory that Dom is presenting. She's firm in her belief of what she saw, but at the same time, she's like, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can be convinced that you saw something and that something still might not have been there. That's true. She does ask after Zan just to, and I get the impression it's to kind of make sure that Zan wasn't upset that she kind of stormed out earlier. And Dom's like, oh no, she's fine. And actually more than a little jazzed over this mystery. Like you got her, you you bit her with the mystery bug. <laughs> she needs to know what's going on. Um, and then he reveals that he indeed has also done some internet digging and may have found a clue. Jinkies! Clues you say. Clues I do say. Uh, specifically, he says that uh, he did some internet sleuthing and discovered the braids do appear to still be living in Delray Beach, Florida, and do appear to still be alive. Beth counters, they may still own Noonham House. They're rich. They might just split their time between them. And Dom admits, yeah, okay, that, that's fair. That could be the case. It wouldn't surprise me to find out someone had a vacation home in Florida. This is also the point where she drops that they had named the place Noonham House, which apparently Noonham was the name of the town that they moved out of. When they were still friends? When they were still friends. Dom thinks it's kind of cute. Beth has a completely different and visceral reaction where she's like, no, it's a super crass way to cling to the past. That's very telling. Mm-hmm. Um, she also internally thinks about how they left Noonham, and she was not honest with Dom about it or her mom. Nope. And it was specifically because she couldn't bear to be the friends the Braids had moved away from. If the Braids were going to have a new start, they needed to have a new start as well. Yeah. Beth, Beth's got some issues. Right? That's, that is petty jealousy. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. That is, I am hurt. I am lashing out. I am being petty. I'm super jealous of what's going on, and I'm also embarrassed by that, so I'm not going to tell anybody. Yep, that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so the excuse she gives is that uh, she wants to move a little closer to her mom. And her mom... <laughs> okay, so every time that Beth is visiting her mom and one of her mom's friends comes over, mm-hmm. she has the exact same comment about how uh, Beth lives in Little Hauling and she lives in Great Hauling, and it's just like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And Beth's like, that doesn't make any sense and no one knows what you're talking about. Her mother's reply is, oh, everyone gets it. I don't get it. Is there, I feel like there's something to get, but I don't get it. So I think maybe her mom is confused. I don't know. I don't know what reference she thinks she's making. And I kind of hope we find out. Uh, Zan specifically 
points to that as an example of how uh, Beth is just as mean to her mom as Zan is to her. Meaner. <laughs> yeah. She's ruder to her mother than Zan is to her. And uh, Beth usually doesn't have a counter to that. And <laughs> it shuts her up, apparently. Um, I, I don't know. I also am not getting that. And maybe that's just like a... Maybe that's a well-known Britishism that we're unfamiliar with way over in Canada. Is there is there something I don't understand about Goldilocks and the Three Bears? Maybe the only thing that I can figure is that she's referring to a, like, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's just right situation. She's in, in this one community and Beth is in this other community and maybe there's some, some point in the middle that's just right. This town is too great and this town is too little. And there's a town in between that's just right? Maybe. That's the best I can figure. Maybe <laughs> maybe it will be made clear to us. Maybe Sophie Hanna, again, obviously now a devout listener of the uh, read-along, absolutely. Uh, can chime in and let us know on Twitter. <laughs> or it's nothing and I am digging into something that isn't there at all. Ah, but we are reading a mystery, albeit a thriller-style mystery. So is there really information in this book that is not important in some way? Oh, fair enough. Is it possible to read too much into something in a story that's very much starting to turn out to be something of a psychological thriller? So this whole conversation she's having with her husband is, I don't know, what's the opposite of endearing? Because that's what this is. Oh, no. But, well, here's the thing. This is the note I wrote myself. Um, I'm starting to dislike her more and more as her her petty jealousies become uncovered more and more. And I know we're only three chapters in, but bear with me. And I wonder if that's uh, the way the character is written purposely, if that's the author leading me down this path, or if it's because you said in a previous episode that you didn't like Beth very much. I I would hope that I'm not necessarily coloring everyone's opinion of her. Well, and I don't that, know. And that it's kind of intentional that she's she's written a little petty and... Well, I just, I can't help but wonder if I would feel the same way about our protagonist if you hadn't said something. Or if we weren't having a week to stew on every chapter as well. That too, Because if if we were reading this book in one sitting, it might breeze by us. Part of the idea of the read-along is that we sit and we digest every chapter and have a think about it. We have, you have time to ruminate on it. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's just standing out a little more. Maybe. For me in particular, I don't know. a thought I had about, about Beth. But. That's not to say that Beth might not be the antagonist of this story. We don't know yet. Well, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Still early. Dom at this juncture reveals that he is tired. It's almost midnight. He has been up doing some Google Foo, and he's been uh, doing some design work, and he's decided that it's time to go and hunker down. But Beth has had a nap, and now she's awake. So she decides to maybe look into his search history and follow up on his trail of clues, maybe do a little searching of her own. And he encourages her to do that. Uh, Dom has already checked LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, not Facebook yet. Yeah, and she questions why he didn't bother with Facebook. Maybe because he found all the answers he needed on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe. Certainly she finds some answers just getting through the three of those. It's and true. in literally that order, uh, no less. She also kind of muses how she never really followed up on them prior to this either. And dangles that suspicious bit again about how the breakup with Flora might not have been as mutual as she seems to believe or wants to believe that it was. Because she thinks about how Flora sent them this uh, postcard with the new address on it. And the implication that Flora maybe wanted them to know, hey, this is where we are now. 
but Beth took that as kind of like an insult, weirdly. Kind of? Yeah. Like flaunting their new home by sending out change of address cards? Yeah. And how, like, surely Flora knew that the last time we saw each other, we were friends off forever. Uh, but then she sent us this card, like, oh, she wanted it to appear that we were still on, like, Christmas card terms or something. And, again, it gives the impression that maybe Flora was not on board with this whole friends breakup. Maybe. So I don't know. Maybe it's not as maybe it's not as mutual as we were first led to believe. I don't know. Could be. I'll have to wait and see. So she hits up LinkedIn first because that's what Dom hit up first and checks out Lewis's profile. No current photo on LinkedIn, uh, but he is listed as the CEO of an app development company, uh, located, of course, in Delray Beach, Florida. There's a link there to his Twitter account, so she goes and checks out his Twitter and. There, at last, sees a photo of him. And it's very business and very boring over on Twitter. Of course, because he is the CEO of a company and it's a public account. He's not going to be a jerk. (laughs) Not going to be himself, apparently. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in just a second. Um, She notes in his photo that he is a man who has clearly aged 12 years. (laughs) Exactly, 12 years. Uh, She also muses after Ben signing up for Twitter at this time. She keeps bringing it all back to how she's hung up on her kids growing up. There's another image there as well of Lewis with his presumably business partners. I I assumed so, yeah. His company is apparently four years old. Beth laughs to herself. That must mean it's 16 years old. And then she kind of muses after Lewis's character. And we get to learn a little bit more about Lewis Braid now. At least from Beth's point of view. Lewis Braid is a jerk. Yeah, we get that I have a whole bunch of choice words that we cannot say on this podcast without putting a language warning on it. Because we are not an explicit podcast. We are family friendly. Oh, this guy is a something, something, something. Yeah, he, in Beth's memory, he's kind of mean-spirited and off-putting. He's the kind of guy who is usually punching down with his jokes. He teases people unnecessarily and maliciously. Yeah, because it amuses him. Because it amuses him. Yeah. He doesn't he he gets off put if he doesn't get someone's joke, like he gets like angry about it, like he's not in on it. And he was abrasive. If I knew this guy in real life, if he was a real person, I would not be able to stand him. I would not want to be in the same room as him ever. She actually comes right up to the line of thinking, maybe I didn't like him as much as I remember. <laughs> like She doesn't quite cross that line. She does concede Lewis was the life of the party, and they did have some fun adventures having him in their lives, even if he was kind of a jerk. He doesn't often post on Twitter, uh, but he does at one point have a link to his Instagram. So again, we're following the trail that Dom likely followed. And so she heads over to his Instagram, something she's a little more familiar with because she checks up on Zan's Instagram, and starts scrolling through the photos and eventually hits one of him on a boat with a boy and a girl who are clearly teenagers who are obviously Thomas and Emily because it it can't be anyone else. An age-appropriate, teenaged Thomas and Emily. So this just raises more questions because now she's confirmed that, yes, there are teenage versions of Thomas and Emily out there. So what did she see that afternoon? Yeah, for a moment, her whole world slips away from her. Like, she gets dizzy. She's gripping the table. Right? The, like, the, the ground has fallen, and <laughs> she's spiraling. Yeah. But then she kind of regains her composure and thinks, okay, well, no, this is good news. Yeah. This means 
this confirms Thomas and Emily are alive, that they're healthy. Nobody has stuck his kids. They've aged, yeah. It means I still don't know what I saw at Newnham House, but let's be fair, I did not know what I saw at Newnham House to begin with. And it also confirms what she knew deep down and now has proof. Thomas and Emily, in a, in a sane and logical world, cannot have stopped aging. And this is proof that that is the case. Yes, so, exactly. So the world is kind of back in reality again. Yes. Sort of. Still doesn't explain it, but it, it's better than nothing. Indeed. <laughs> We're making steps. Yeah. And then she kind of hits upon a new mystery or a new angle to this mystery. Mm -hmm. And that is in all of the photos that Lewis has posted on Instagram, there are no photos of Georgina or Flora. Yeah. They're just mysteriously absent. Right? If he's so proud of his beautiful family and his amazing life, why is he why are there no pictures of his wife or his and, youngest daughter? Yeah, and their and their baby. Yeah. She actually remembers something Lewis said the last time they hung out about how Thomas and Emily should be envious of Georgina because now they have to split the Braid estate three ways and Flora seemed really upset about that comment. But, uh, rightly so. It was a horrible thing to say. But it stands out in Beth's mind, and it strikes me as interesting because she talks about how Lewis was an abrasive guy anyway yeah. and had an off-putting sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And so this is very much a, the standard Lewis joke from what we know about him. Yeah. And Flora took it really hard. Yeah. she Normally she sort of laughs him off because she's used to him, mm -hmm. but this one, this one hit. Yeah, this one struck a nerve with her, and that... Uh, that stands out in Beth's memory. So I think that that's kind of something to, to hold on to. That's that's maybe a clue there. Beth is also flooded with new questions. Why wasn't Georgina in the car yesterday? Why was Flora so upset yesterday? Like, does this have to do with the fact that they're not in these photos? And then she actually has a moment where she doubts her own memory for a second, where she's like, oh, God, did I make up Georgina? <laughs> Am I really crazy? Was there actually a baby 12 years ago? Because Dom didn't remember her last chapter. She had to remind Dom they had a third kid. And Dom was like, oh, did they? Well, and then we find out in Beth's recollection that she only met this baby once. Yeah, the last time they got together. Yeah. And she was a baby. Yeah. She should be a 12-year-old now. Yeah. She also realizes that if she... The, the last Christmas card that they got sent from the Braids had a picture of the whole family. If she goes and retrieves it because she kept it... She will have proof that Georgina is real and she did not make her up. Yeah, but this is the picture that she cut. Which she admits to us in this chapter that she cut up maliciously and then yes. kept out of guilt. Yes. That was her uh, That was her redemption. Was to hold on to it? It's her way of making amends for having done something to that picture. For the petty act of violence against the picture? Right. She couldn't. <laughs> in the heat of the moment, she cut the picture. She couldn't put it back together. So she kept the pieces as, like, the next best thing. Mm -hmm. So she has the pieces of this cut photograph. And presumably, therefore, a picture of Georgina proving that she's real. Assuming that, yes. Indeed. Assuming that she's real. <laughs> and Beth wasn't, I don't know, losing it? Mm -hmm. Imagining things? Seeing mm -hmm. something that wasn't there? That does bring us to the end of Chapter 3. Um, I, I have some wild, irresponsible Chapter 3 speculation. Oh, me too. Sure. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? You go first. Okay. I've done a lot of... I, I frequently do. Nita has commented before. I am the play-by-play -play announcer of this podcast <laughs> going through the uh, uh, story of the chapter 
kind of beat by beat. And she's the color commentator. Yeah, I like to throw in things that I think. Uh, but that means you should give your speculation first. We'll see if we were both thinking the same Okay, thing. wild, irresponsible, and likely not true. Clones. Okay, that's, that is not where I was going with this. Okay. <laughs> Which is fine, because that's what I wrote down. This is my uh, my outrageous new theory. Is it that, can't be a haunted house, so it must be clones. Yeah, if it's not a haunted house, those are those are two clone babies. We are in a, spoiler alert, Venture Brothers situation. Huh. Cloning? I wouldn't know anything about that. And there are... And there Flora are multiple is, Thomas and Emily. Yep, and Flora is looking after two new cloned children. That doesn't really line up with what the braids do professionally, though, because they're both... No, com- not even a little bit. They're both computer people. I didn't say it was a good theory. Okay, fair Because it is not. I have, I have a slightly more grounded in reality theory. Ooh, excellent. And it does feature Georgina, because she's part of this mystery, clearly. So my speculation is Georgina is indeed real, but something is wrong with her. Okay. Uh, Flora and Lewis split up so Flora could stay in the UK and look after Georgina. Well, Lewis took the other kids to Florida with him. Okay. Which is why there's no pictures of Flora and Georgina in his Instagram. Right. My theory is Georgina has a volatile and serious enough condition that Flora has to maintain the illusion that time is not passing. Okay. So that's why she's still in their old home. That's why she's obtained two kids who resemble Thomas and Emily, so that Georgina's world doesn't change. Oh. Because Georgina has, something's wrong with Georgina, and she will maybe be set off or something if if things are different. There is a form of dementia that causes that. I read about it somewhere. Can't cite my source because I can't remember where I read it. Fair enough. Uh, it was a, a sort of a case study of, it was an older gentleman though, because this, I believe, was brought on by Alzheimer's. Uh, he was convinced that it was 1963. Okay. Like, but in this case... He was, he was a young man who had just come home from... Was it he just come home from college? Maybe I have the year wrong. Maybe he thinks he had just come home from the war. Either way, he was stuck in time. Like, his memory was such that he had made no new memories from that point on. Fair enough. In this case, I mean... The theory would be that Georgina is stuck as a very young girl, despite being 12 years old. A wee baby. Uh, or at least some sort of infant or toddler. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking that makes sense of this at the moment based on the clues we have. Is that something's up with Georgina, which prompted Flora to stay in the UK with Georgina and gave her a motivation to have a fake Thomas and Emily on hand to be, quote unquote, her kids. My clone theory still fits in your theory. Hmm. We don't know that we don't know that those two kids are living with Flora. She might have two kid to like two friends' kids who she picks up and takes home. Who pretend to be Thomas? Who pretend and Emily? to be Thomas and Emily for some playtime? And then when they get older, she has to find two new kids. Maybe. Oh. Or have a new solution at that juncture. I don't know. Again, it's a theory with holes <laughs> because oh, we don't all have of all our the theories are going to have holes. We don't have all the evidence. Mine is just a little more grounded in reality than we, yours we specialize in the ridiculous sometimes yeah we don't know how off the rails th- the reality of this book is going to get though seeing as its initial premise is two kids have not grown up True. so we'll have to wait and see what happens yeah but um actually no now that i think about it it kind of fits in with the theme because the the running theme the i mean the overarching initial mystery is how have two kids not grown up and then beth frequently focuses in on how she's kind of off put by the fact that her kids are growing up. So what if ultimately it turns out that Flora has a girl who can't grow up, at least 
maybe not physically. Oh, maybe. But yeah. Mm. And the and the problems that that brings about. Mm. I don't know. It kind of it kind of ties together. I don't know. And kind of maybe. I could I could be wildly off base. Oh, if probably. I'm proven correct, <laughs> I will be very impressed with myself. I'll I will pat myself on the back. So if if this photo business, baby baby and photo business doesn't turn out to be like a crazy story twist that there's no baby in that photo or or some sort of major reveal, I will be very disappointed because it has been teased every chapter now. Yep. And she's always super vague about it. So this is building to something and there'd better be payoff or I will be disappointed. Well, I mean, my, my theory is pretty much out the window if she looks at that photo and Georgina's not in it. So, but that just raises further questions. My guess is that she can only find part of the photo. Oh yeah. Cause part of, cause like when they moved or something, Dom threw out part of the photo or something. Or she just can't find it. Or my guess she is she, it. she has the uh, large portion and the cut portion is missing. And so now she's questioning her own sanity. Indeed. That's my guess. There you go. All right. Well, Not we'll, having read ahead. No spoilers. No, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe we will indeed find out as we move into chapter four of our story. Uh, in time for next week, you'll want to read up on that. In the meantime, I mean, we're we're talking about possible cloning or uh, <laughs> the possible <laughs> gaslighting of a young woman. Uh, some very, very troubling and conspiratorial stuff. And uh, as it happens, there is another podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network that's all about conspiracies. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network and happily powered by ATB. We are a bi-weekly podcast that aims to discuss selected conspiracy theories, alternative accounts, legends, myths, and more without coloring the topic with our conversation until the very end of the episode. We also feature beer reviews, lame jokes, bad puns, far too many 80s movies references, geek culture, and general nerdery. Our real aim is for fun, inclusive content that doesn't take itself too seriously. You don't have to be blisteringly paranoid of mind control to enjoy a chin wag with your old pals, Greg, Charlie, Andrew, the Irish Madman, and our podcast puppies, Kylo and Ren. It's a Conspiracy is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Yeah, we didn't even do that on purpose. Throwing to, throwing to a conspiracy podcast when we're talking about weird possible conspiracies in our own story. We should start doing that. Sure. It's a good segue. Makes it sound makes it makes it sound smarter. Uh at any rate, it's a conspiracy uh available on the Alberta Podcast Network. You can check it out at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, you can find it probably wherever podcasts are downloaded. Mm-hmm. You, can you can definitely go, go through the CKUA app. Exactly right. We bring uh, that up all the time. Yeah, we're there as well as are all of the other podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network and they're Pretty much all worth checking out. Mm-hmm. I still encourage everyone, do some surfing, especially if you're looking for something new, because the APN is uh, quite large now, and there's lots and lots of stuff to look at. Yeah. And or listen to, I should say. In, in a time where everyone's being encouraged to stay in and find something to do, I mean, now's a great time to listen to some podcasts. Yeah. So. Binge, binge something that interests you. Indeed. Indeed. Now's a good time. Yeah. yeah. If you want to... Uh, see a little more with us you can find us online yes uh we are your we have your standard selection of social medias uh twitter instagram facebook and all of goodreads literally all of the places where you might go to look up on us after friends <laughs> offing with us 
in a in a mysterious and suspicious fashion. <laughs> have we done that? Have we broken up with someone and I don't know? Have our fr- have our children not aged? God, I hope so. One of them is brand, brand new. I don't want to have a tiny baby forever. Uh, if you want to send us a lengthier missive, you can do so as well. Yes, we have an email address. Uh, we are thereadalong at gmail.com. Yeah, and as always, we'll see you next time. It's totally clones. Just wait. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com.